0: Preface of Two Years and Four Months in a Lunatic Asylum. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elaine Webb, Bristol, England. Two Years and Four Months in a Lunatic Asylum by Reverend Hiram Chase. Preface I have been urged ever since I left the asylum, by friends, to write my history of those two unfortunate years and give it to the public. This I did purpose to do while I was in the asylum, as soon as I left it, while all things would be fresh in my memory. But after leaving that place and mingling again with the world and with my friends, the very thought of the subject sickened me, for I desired to think and talk as little about the matter as possible besides this in eighteen months after i left the asylum i entered upon the regular work of the ministry again and did not wish while in the effective work of the ministry to mix with it the history of those two unhappy years of which i knew the public had no adequate conception and which if i should write out faithfully would develop facts which many would disbelieve while others would only laugh at them as freaks of my insanity and not as sober truths another reason which has deterred me from giving to the world the history of those two years is the fact that a number of inmates of lunatic asylums in this country have given to the public their views of asylum life and one especially was in the asylum at utica and discharged just before i entered it i could not help noticing the effect these productions produced on society in many instances the history was read only to laugh and pity the insanity of the writer this case referred to was a lady from syracuse the object she had in view in writing her narrative was evidently lost excepting the profit she expected to derive from the sale of the work which i judge could not have been great she was very unfortunate in writing this narrative marks of insanity stand out prominently through all the work in the language she uses in the low sucralis manner in which she attacks all who differ from her in opinion her bitterness to the church and its ministers and especially her low ribaldry concerning the doctors of the institution on reading this pamphlet i saw the difficulty attending the writer a narrative of asylum life by a patient however truthful it might be for notwithstanding all the objections that can be raised to the work above referred to it nevertheless contains many truths of an alarming character truths which every sane inmate can testify to and by the way it must not be supposed that every patient in that institution is insane far from it but more of this in its proper place and though very much if not all that is related in that pamphlet concerning the institution is strictly true yet the manner and spirit in which it is told directs very much from its merits considering all of these facts which some others that i need not name i hesitated and at one time thought that i would never write one word on the subject but notwithstanding all the objections that have crowded themselves upon my mind to such an undertaking i confess i felt myself urged onward to write the facts as they presented themselves to me and this work i have undertaken hoping that by this means the public mind may become somewhat, at least, disabused in relation to lunatic asylums in general, and especially in regard to the state lunatic asylum at Utica, New York. About three years have elapsed since I left that institution. Since that time I have mingled with society, as formerly have ever since I left Preach Christ and the Resurrection as a regular minister in the Church of Christ have done a little worldly business and am still employed in worldly matters in connection with preaching about every sabbath i would state still further that i have been a minister of christ more than forty years and more than forty years have been a member of the troy conference of the m e church and i am positive that during that long period no charges or complaints have ever been made against me immorality imprudence or heresy i have been thus particular in describing my present standing to show the public that i have not entered upon this subject as a madman or a man broken down in society i am not aware that anybody in or out of the church looks upon me otherwise than before i went into that institution i wish to also state to the public to the praise of god that i have not had a sick day since i left the asylum and what will perhaps appear more strange to the reader is that i am prepared to say and even to prove that during the two years and four months i was in the institution i never had a sick day never lost one meal but went to the table three times each and every day of the two years and four months and though over sixty years old when i entered the asylum I am positive that I never laid down ten minutes upon the bed in the daytime during the whole of that time. Yet there were times in which it would have given me great relief from my rheumatic pains could I have done so, but it was not the good pleasure of doctors to allow this privilege to me. I wish to also say, before I enter upon the rather painful work of narrating the offence of my captivity for i can call it by no other name so appropriate but before i went to the asylum as a patient i was totally ignorant of the character of these institutions i had never heard them described except in one instance and that by a man who was so unfortunate as to be carried there by force by his neighbors as most patients are carried there he gave me a most horrible description of his treatment while in the asylum how he was dragged by his hair beaten and bruised and how he finally made his escape and went home i heard this sad and tragical tale but i disposed of it as most men do by regarding the whole story as imaginary the effect of a disordered mind believing that such things could never be tolerated in a christian society it is true that at the time he related this to me he was sober and in his right mind and was one of the best of men yet i regarded the story at the time as the wild freak of a disordered mind i now believe he told me the truth he afterwards died in the asylum to show the general impression on the minds of the outer world on the management of such institutions and the treatment of their inmates i was once conversing with a man whose neighbour's wife was an inmate of the asylum at utica and had been for years i asked him his opinion on the propriety of keeping one so many years in the asylum he gave it as his opinion that in such public institutions the doctors were the most wise and skilful men in the world that the nurses and attendants were well skilled in the business That great care and patience were exercised over the patients, and that no stone was left unturned to soothe and comfort these unfortunate victims of insanity. This certainly was a very charitable view to take of an institution got up professedly for the purpose of relieving that unfortunate class of society. I cheerfully gave my assent to his relation of supposed facts and went away feeling gratified that we had in our state so noble and so humane an institution but the sequel will tell how near right he was in his conclusions and how near right the public mind is generally concerning the most of public or state institutions got up ostensibly for the purpose of relieving suffering humanity before my narrative will close the reader will have the opinion of one at least whether state lunatic asylums are a blessing or a curse to our country i wish to further say before i close my preparatory remarks that i have no selfish motive to induce me to lay open my experience during those two eventful years it is not for money of course that i do it for in this respect i shall expect to be the loser and it certainly cannot be to let the world know that i have been an inmate of a lunatic asylum i do it for the purpose of opening the eyes to the people of the state of new york that they may inquire more strictly into the nature and workings of the institutions of benevolence so called under their control and patronage to warn the good people of the state of new york to never send their wives their children or any of their dependents to a state institution for the cure of any disease of body or mind where the patient is confined by bolts and bars by legal sanction and where the sole power over the patient is vested in one man whose word is law and whose commands are as imperious as the sultans of turkey such is the fact in relation to the lunatic asylum in utica Whatever he orders must be done, and as one of the supervisors once said to me, to show the absoluteness of his word, that if Dr. Gray should order him to carry me outdoors head downwards, he should most certainly do it, for his word was law. I replied, all right, so if the doctors should order you to kill me, you would do it? He hesitated a moment and said, no, I don't think I should do that the idea advanced however was that the patients must understand that the word of one man is the law of this institution and whoever comes within its walls must bow to this sceptre and though this institution is under the supervision of eight or nine managers it is also true that one man the superintendent or commander-in-chief has the sole and undisputed control over all the patients as soon as they are received as patients. Enough, perhaps, has been written to prepare the way for the particular history of the time I was in that institution, so far at least as my experience and observation is concerned. And though three years have passed away since I left the asylum, yet almost everything that happened within my observation seems to be indelibly written on my mind. So that they are as fresh in my recollection as if they had happened but yesterday, chase end of preface.